Hello my beautiful hermits and welcome to the Hermit Diaries. I'm Heather, your weirdo, introverts, alien person thing. And this week I'm going to be talking to you about one of my favorite topics and that is my spiritual journey. It is currently the 25th of February 2018. It's a Sunday evening and it is quarter to 8 p.m. Usually I don't record this late, but I had to quickly do some yoga because I had a a flaming sinus headache. <laughs> and Yoga with Adrian always knows how to sort me out. I will link the exact video down below if you suffer from sinuses or migraines. It's a really good video. I highly recommend it. Before I forget, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Heather MacReads. You can send uh, me a personal letter on heathermacreads at gmail.com and you can find the blog version of the Hermit Diaries on Blogger. Links will all be in the description. Now just a tiny little disclaimer. What I'm going to be saying in this episode is only 100% my opinion. I'm not here to offend anyone and their beliefs, nor am I trying to preach to you. This is just going to be, you know, my story, my own journey. We all have one and we are all different in our own journeys. Looking back on my childhood, I was always a spiritual kid and spirituality has always been a part of my life. I was baptized in a Baptist church as a baby and every single Sunday I looked forward to Sunday school where Bible studies was always the main focus. Note, not morals or everyday life scenarios, just Bible studies. Um, from the age of 5 to 14 I was also put into a Catholic school for girls. This was not a, a boarding school. It was just a daytime school that I went to and I'll go home and, you know, it, it was not a boarding school. It used to be, but not anymore. The building, but at the time I was there, was about eight years old. It should be almost 100 by now. And... It always felt much older and very creepy. There was even a graveyard right outside one of my classrooms. And bell and there were also bell towers and other rooms that were always locked for no reason. And visiting the school at night would always just amp up the creepy because you always felt as if you were being watched. But despite the paranormal aspects of the school, I still loved it. I was in love with that school. I loved the experience of the big school masses. And I loved going into the chapel and admiring the stained glass artwork of the saints. And I really did love learning about the historical rituals of the Catholic faith. All this love, and I wasn't even Catholic. I did try 
<laughs> and convince my mom for me to convert. Uh, that didn't work out. But I wanted to convert because I had idealistic dreams of becoming a hybrid of Mother Teresa and St. Francis of Assisi, but in a nun form. I actually wanted to become a nun. No jokes. I thought that committing yourself was and devoting yourself to a faith was beautiful and I wanted to replicate that I mean <laughs> I always admired St. Francis because of his love for animals and I've always loved animals and just learning about his stories and how he was so compassionate to the ill was very inspiring to me and obviously Mother Teresa because I mean it's Mother Teresa she's queen um, however, <laughs> looking back on it now, I'm so very glad that my mother said no to me becoming Catholic because when I was 14 and as much as I enjoyed the Bible studies in Sunday school and the rituals in the Catholic school, I came to the epiphany that I didn't really believe in God and Jesus I mean if I look back on it now I loved the stories and I loved the history behind it but my actual beliefs weren't there and I don't think they ever were sorry to my Christian family sorry um, I stopped going to Sunday school and church and since then I haven't touched a Bible or no wait I've touched a Bible but I haven't <laughs> opened one and read it. For the rest of my high school years I went to another school that wasn't as focused on Christianity. It was at that stage when I went to it it was very small and they marketed it as an eco-friendly school which I think when I was there, they only uh, did the eco-friendly thing for about a year and then they lost sight of their vision. I'm not too sure what went wrong there. Um, yet I was still seeking that little home for my spiritual needs. For a while, I very intently faked being a Christian to all my friends and family. And I felt awful because I wasn't being truthful to myself and to them. I remember this one time we I had to go on an airplane to a cheerleading competition, which is a whole nother story, a whole nother podcast episode. But we were I decided to fly with two other friends of mine and I faked being scared even though <laughs> I secretly do enjoy flying. And I remember taking out my rosary that I bought a couple of years ago, this, this glow-in-the-dark rosary, and just holding on to it and pretending to pray because I thought, oh, you know, belonging to a religion is cool and this is me. Um, 
Ja, nein. I wasn't. I wasn't scared of flying. I wasn't praying. I just wanted people to think I was devoted to something. I even remember at the age of 16 and <laughs> Imani, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you very, very intensely remember this, this stage. When I was 16, I even considered becoming a Wiccan. Now, Wiccan and pagan is not as evil as you think, but it is very, very intense and very, very spiritual and, you know, all that kind of stuff, all that magical stuff. Um, but I thought, okay, maybe this is my fit. But after extensive research, I came to the conclusion that it was way too intense, even for me, who is a very intense person. <laughs> after I got fired from my first job, uh, if you don't remember, I mentioned this in my first episode, my first job was working at a creche with young children, very, very young children. And I was 19 at the time. So after I got fired from that job, something I want to say <laughs> miraculous happened. And I'm using air quotes miraculous because it could have just been a coincidence or could have just been, you know, some sort of sign. And I was browsing around the local CNA which is a book and stationery shop here in South Africa. And this gorgeous blue book caught my eye. This book was called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari by Robin Sharma. And I absorbed every single word of that beautiful blue book. Finally, I had my answer. I was a spiritual being, but I was agnostic when it came to organized religions. You know, and I really came to terms with that. I was very happy. And you know, but however, shortly after this realization, I got fired from my second job, which was the au pairing one. And became a full-on skeptic after that. I, I would never call myself an atheist, but I would always question other people's beliefs and especially Christianity. I'd roll my eyes every time someone tried to preach to me. This even made my, led my parents to believe that I was atheist, but I've never called myself an atheist. I was just blocking off that side because I thought uh, it's not going to happen I just have to live you know a regular stupid life the only little bit of spirituality I had left in me was the yoga classes I used to do but even that I just did for the stretching benefits I mean I never really followed the philosophy behind it when I was 23 and after I decided to change my degree studies, I felt like I properly 
needed a break and I don't know I just felt like I needed to open up my consciousness again and that spiritual side of me again because you know I was making this big transition and you know I just thought I needed some guidance so I searched online and I found a Buddhist retreat center nearby where I lived in the northwest so I booked my room and decided to participate in a three-day mindfulness retreat program at that stage I didn't know why I was being called to Buddhism exactly it could have been because I resonated so much with the monk who sold his Ferrari but even that book wasn't preaching Buddhism it was just preachers preaching um, what you what would you call a consciousness uh, philosophy mindfulness following your hearts that type of thing I just I, I don't know why I was being called to it I just felt like I had to be there so when I arrived there I immediately felt like I was at home Everyone was so friendly, so respectful, non-judgmental, which is (laughs) not what I'm used to at all. And the retreat was also strictly vegetarian. I mean, (laughs) I've been a vegetarian for a couple of years, a lacto over vegetarian, so I was very chuffed about that. Uh, Going alone was a very interesting experience and I'm so glad I did that because to sit alone with your journal or with a book and not being judged for being unsocial or rude I hate that word rude it it just at at that stage I needed it I needed that time alone and I got it and I'm so grateful for it everyone there also fascinated me as to how smart they were and philosophical I remember we would have I think it was twice a day we would have hour-long Dharma talks and that's where your Dharma teacher will just talk to you and explain to you the ways of Buddhism and and because it was a mindfulness retreat he would um, suggest mindfulness the the teacher's name was David Loy was an American guy I have not purchased his books yet but I will. I'll maybe link to one down below if you're very interested. But he was a very, very good guy. He wasn't very preachy about cosmic stuff. It was very just plain and simple. Also, the meditation was interesting because the mudra, the hand position, is very different. Now, I'm used to in yoga just 
you know, putting my palms open facing up. But in mindfulness and in you'll see in Zen meditation, now I'm going to talk about that as well later, you put one hand over the other and you connect your thumbs. So that was also very different, the hand positions. It did not feel comfortable at first, I have to be honest, but now that I've practiced it so many times, it's now very natural to me. Like whenever I'm feeling stressed, I just put those hands together, take a couple of breaths, and then carry on with my work. So during that retreat, I really fell in love with mindfulness. I have a very overactive mind. (laughs) I tend to get anxious and worried a lot. So taking a couple of minutes each day just to acknowledge my thoughts and to not be connected to them and just see them as thoughts, they're not real, is very, very comforting to me. So after the the retreats, every day for a couple of months, I would sit for five minutes and just practice the mindfulness meditation every single day. When I moved to George, I felt this urge to seek out a spiritual community. And that's when I found an advertisement in the local newspaper for Zen Meditation Group. I think what also attracted me to it was that it's it's free and you know donations are voluntary. And that's it. So I thought, oh, saving some money and just can speak to people that are into almost the same stuff as I am. Yes, please sign me up. I was obviously instantly intrigued and invited my younger sister along with me to my first session. What was different? um, But what was the difference between my mindfulness retreat and the Zen meditation group was that the group included chanting in their ritual. And this was very new to me. But I actually didn't see anything weird about it. I thought it was a good way because when you talk and when you sing, it's it sends something to your nervous system to help calm you down. So singing, chanting, talking can all be good calming benefits. I mean, I don't know if you've realized you're feeling so stressed about something And then when you talk to someone, even if they don't give you advice, even if they're just listening, you instantly feel this sense of calm. So I think that's what chanting does to me, (laughs) in my opinion. Um, My sister, on the other hand, didn't like it. And that's okay, because she's still very young and she still has a long way to go to learn about life and those type of things but you know maybe buddhism's not for her maybe she just needs something else she'll find it but yeah she kept on complaining (laughs) the whole way home and i'm just trying to 
you know, say the uh, what I liked about it, and she's complained, oh, it was too cold, the chanting was weird, the people were weird, which I think, when I took her, I think she thought that, because she was very excited to go, so I think she thought that there would be, you know, hot surfer dudes sitting in a circle, and we're just going to meditate and chat and socialize, but it was not that, sorry Jess. It has now been eight months later since I joined the Zen group and I still attend the Wednesday group sessions if I can make it. Sometimes I'm too busy or honestly if I'm too tired I'd rather do it at home and then rest because I'm I'm such a overactive thinker sometimes I don't want to socialize. <laughs> So I just do it at home instead. So as much as I enjoy my weekly Zen sessions, I didn't feel as if I should stop there. So I started to explore yoga philosophy a lot more. There's a great podcast that tells you the history of it. It discusses most Eastern philosophies, like the main ones are Hinduism, Buddhism, and Taoism. So I started to listen to that podcast called Savannah, and I added flexibility to my daily routine. And since November 2016, I have started to feel a shift awakening of some sort if you could call it that when I was younger I would always have these vivid dreams I think they're called premonitions I'm not too sure but what would happen in the dream a couple of days later it would act out the exact same way or the people that were in my dream would say the exact same thing in the exact same tone one example I remember having when I was in grade 9, I think, when I was about 15. I dreamt that I had left a project at home that I was working on for weeks. And when it came the day for the project to be handed in, I actually did forget the project in my car. And the way I felt about leaving the project in my dream was the exact same way I felt about leaving it in my car. Well, my mom's car, not my car. <laughs> I haven't had those dreams for a couple of years now, but I, lately I have been having this, what you call lucid dreaming, and that's when you can either control your dreams or you can change different scenarios in your dreams one example I'd say was that I was looking after someone's children and we were taken hostage by terrorists and now in the dream I knew I was dreaming but I could not wake up for the life of me and you know I really didn't want to see these kids get shot right in front of me so I changed the situation and you know somehow saved the kids got the the terrorists to to change their mind and let us go and you know 
and then I woke up right after that. I another sign that I think is of my spiritual awakening is that I have this need to spend a lot more time outside. In the well in let, let's say a couple of years I hardly ever would spend time outside because I was so <laughs> shit scared of getting skin cancer. We had this guy uh, come to give a talk at our school and he would just talk about skin cancer and, you know, just avoid being outside in general. But since I've been spending more time outside, like I'll eat my meals, sit on the grass and just eat my lunch and my breakfast, I feel it's very therapeutic just connecting with Mother Nature and breathing in the fresh air. And one thing I notice now is that every time I go outside, my cat will sense that I'm outside and she'll come and join me and sit next to me. Whereas she'll hardly ever sit next to me in my room during the day. She only sleeps with me at night. Uh, because I need her cuddles. <laughs> um, I have also started exploring other stuff like crystal healing. I've actually got on a amethyst crystal around my neck. And I've got a lapis lazuli right next to my microphone. It's so beautiful. Uh, I've also been interested in chakra healing. And I've also had an epiphany that I'm a highly intuitive person and have always been since childhood. In my Power of Change episodes, I discussed how I had this gut feeling about the teaching and the previous town that I lived in. This intuition, this very strong intuition that I have is also connected to animals, especially my cat who I want to dedicate a whole episode to because she deserves it. She is, uh, sorry, mom and dad and sister and whatever else family is listening to this, but she is my favorite family member. <laughs> I'll die without, I don't know what I'm going to do. This intuition is also connected to nature, people, and places, even. I have only recently learned that this is called being an empath, and I realized this about two weeks ago when I started listening to the podcast called Enlightened Empath, where they give the most amazing advice on how to deal with people that are skeptical. Um, what crystals to use and how to use them, feng shui, self-care, how to cut cords and set boundaries. They've, they've done everything so far and they've only, they only started in September 2017 <laughs> and it's now February 2018. As of now, I still don't follow a single religion and uh, I know I've been asked before uh, by people in my Zen group if I am interested oh sorry interested in converting to to Buddhism 
Um, hmm. Not yet. I'm still exploring, still enjoying exploring and and I do try to incorporate Eastern philosophy as much as I can into my daily life. I think it's just so beautiful, it's very intelligent, very, what I love about it, about Eastern philosophy con- compared to Western philosophy is that you connect with yourself and your consciousness a lot more. I don't have a strict routine, spiritual spiritual routine either. But like I said before, I do like to do some sort of flexibility every day. This can be Tai Chi, yoga, or just normal, regular sports stretching. Uh, The types of yoga I enjoy are Kundalini, Yin, and what's what's the other one? Hatha and Vinyasa. I dabble sometimes in Ashtanga, but it's very intense for me because I have tight hamstrings so to get into those poses is a bit of a mission but that's why I love yin because you can just ease into the pose and stay there try to focus on where you're feeling tight if I ever do teach yoga one day yin and restorative are on the the list of the top that I'd like to teach maybe kundalini but um like a lady said to me before, it's it's very intense, and uh, you you make yourself very open, and yeah, you, know, you have to be very careful with it. I have a cousin who teaches Kundalini, and you know maybe she can tell me how I can handle it a lot better. Uh, I also love doing daily meditation. My favorites in those are Kundalini, like I've said before. I don't drink and I don't do any drugs, not even marijuana, which I do believe in, by the way. Also believe in psychedelics if used properly, but I've never taken drugs before. Um, so Kundalini gives me that high and that's clear sense of mind and I feel like I'm in a bliss after doing it. I also still enjoy mindfulness. Zen is very good. I do I honestly only do that once a week on Wednesdays, whether I go to class or not. But it's very nice because it teaches you to empty the mind and to not get attached to to any form. And to not get attached to the emptiness either. And I also really enjoy the old school guided visualization meditations. There was one, if I can remember the name, I'll also link it down below. But there was one that I, I remember doing and was, um, I just remember a lot of emotions coming up and I remember crying so much during it because I could just visualize sending this pain away 
uh, I think you send it on a yellow balloon or in a yellow plastic bag and you just set it free into the air which sending plastic into the air is very bad for the environment but in your mind environment it's good <laughs> so after my flexibility and daily meditation I either do some spiritual reading I'm currently reading the compass of Zen for my Zen meditation group it's it's very intense it's a very intense book if you want something simple to start off with I do recommend the monk who sold his Ferrari because it's not preachy at all but if you you feel like you can handle the intense philosophy of the compass of Zen then by all means read it I'll link that too note to Heather write these links down <laughs> so that I actually remember so I either do the reading or I watch a spiritual video I there's a guy called Sadhguru he has nice videos on YouTube Koi Fresco the, the guy's my age and he's also very good a little bit controversial but sometimes you need to watch these controversial things to form your own opinion and Infinite Waters is also a really nice guy. I mean, his voice is so soothing. And yeah, if I'd love to give him a great big hug one day if I ever meet him. I also listen to a couple of spiritual podcasts. And I'm going to, I don't have my phone with me, but I'm going to try and remember from the top of my head what they are called. There's Your Own Magic. Shakti Hour, Savannah, which I've mentioned before, and I'm right now finishing up with Enlightened Empaths. Now I've subscribed to a lot more spiritual podcasts since I've only really been getting intensely into spirituality recently, but I will update you on them soon. And yeah, so for now, that's my routine and that's what works for me. It, it's not a very intense routine. Uh, oh, if you are someone like me that struggles with sitting down in meditation, which happens to a lot of people, I suggest keeping a journal with you. You write out every thought you have in the journal before your meditation uh, if you've got thoughts during your meditation, just bow to close it and then write the thought down and then get back to your meditation. Uh, or if you don't want to interrupt your meditation by writing the thought down during, you can write it after. You know, and read your thoughts and, s and see what your head was like, your headspace was like before your meditation and what it was like after. That's that's something I've been doing lately because I've been so busy with 110 things. So that's been helping me. No matter what your beliefs are, I want you to open up your hands and visualize that belief in your hands and then cup it close it 
and hold it tight to your heart and just embrace it. I know what it's like to be around skeptics if your beliefs are different than others. I really do and I really empathize with it. And up until recently, if someone would come up to me and start preaching Christianity and say it's the only way, I even had one guy say to me that if his brother had believed in God, he wouldn't have killed himself. And I I used to roll my eyes <laughs> and just ignore what they were saying, but now even if I don't believe believe them, I I give them the opportunity to speak their truths and I nod and I listen and respect their views. There's a podcast I mentioned just now that I absolutely love and it's called The Shakti Hour. And on one episode, uh, she interviewed a, a woman named Nina Rao. And in that interview, she said that if you're having doubts, it's okay to explore. It's Even if you're part of religion and you want to say now you're a Christian and you want to explore, you know, some Buddhist philosophy, then go ahead and explore that. Uh, Shakti Hour podcast is... It's just great. It's all about women and their spirituality and connecting with your divine feminine. And so, yeah, that episode really resonated with me. Even if you don't believe in anything, even if you're an atheist, just try and do something that helps you connect with your true self. It doesn't have to be a higher power at all. It can be art, charity work, or music. I mean, I get a spiritual experience just by listening and singing along to Jason Mraz because he's got such a calm voice and his lyrics just mean the world to me. It really got me through some tough times. I'll I'll link um, I'll also link some of my favorite songs of his in the description. I hope that you enjoy this episode. I see now it's almost 40 minutes. I hope that's not too long for you, but I just love talking about this stuff and I could go on and on forever, but I think I'll save save some really cool stuff for later on. Uh, I enjoyed writing this episode, so I hope you enjoyed listening to it. And I really hope that you have... A fantastic week. Namaste.